Hey everyone, this is Tony, Dungeon Master of D&D Raw. And before we begin, I just wanted to say, if you enjoy D&D Raw, we would love it if you would support us on Patreon to hear new exclusive content and updates before anyone else. By contributing as little as $1 per month, patrons enable us to dedicate more time to creating episodes. Our higher level patrons get access to DMs notes, outtakes from our episodes, the chance to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode, and even to join our monthly patron game. We wanted to thank all of our Adventure Tier and Above patrons for their support this month. So thank you Jeremy Kleinhans, Grimfuse, a Linux fan, Feral Joe, and Dark Queasy, and a very special thanks to our producer tier patron, Gnome, for serving as a producer on this episode. To find out more about how you can join this list of outstanding people, go to patreon.com slash dndraw. If you're not able to support DND Raw on Patreon, we would love it if you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Next week, we'll have our second mailbag episode. And now, on to episode 15 of Serviceable Plots, willy-nilly, straight into death. With me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, I'm Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'll be playing Scrib Whitecliff, the human mastermind rogue. Hi, I'm Giuseppe, and I'll be playing Valen Blackwater, an Azimar monk paladin. Last time, the party dealt with the illegal archaeological operation being run by a tiefling woman named Faithfulness, who turned out to be a low-raking member of the Whispered Ones, a splinter cell group that was famous for attempting a coup on the Vremer Empire over 150 years ago. The party pulled Faithfulness from the ruins and gave her and Gorvanal, a fellow archaeologist like Scriv, over to Paladin Whitecliff to deal with. The party also learned that the room being uncovered held a celestial, known as the Eye of Adar, who was the reason for Scriv's injury, though it took the time to heal him. After learning that the Eye lost much of its memory and became trapped over a year ago, the party searched the room and found an image of a white staff that looked familiar, as well as shards from a broken crystal. In order to unwind, most of the party went to go see a terrible play by Scriv's co-worker, Bistan, while Scriv went to bed early and Valen stayed up to talk with Jack. So, Valen, I know you wanted to take some time to speak with Jack while Scriv slept and the rest of the party went to the play. Jane is off on her own errands at the moment and you find the two of you alone at the table eventually. You are quite the traveler from what I've heard. Been around the Empire quite a bit and outside even. Yes, yes. I actually was curious how you and I seem to be in such a similar profession and even have crossed the same areas geographically and not yet come across one another. Entirely possible simply the times in which we've passed by the areas. Well, certainly I've heard of you by reputation throughout these parts. It is good to finally put a face to the name. You've done good work. Thank you. I've heard the name Valen Blackwater a number of times in my travels as well, and worked with the Red Men, I believe, at some point or another, correct? Yes, yes, uh, my old my old mercenary band. Good men, a lot of them. Indeed. What's brought you to this job in the first place, might I ask? I've been traveling with uh, Akiva, showing him some of the sights. He's uh, new 
to the area. Yes, Griff told me he had been on the plane for about a year. My assumption might be a bit more than that, but... Year and bit of change. Spending some time in a small halfling village up northwest of Orenthal. And I was passing through, and we sort of came together. I offered him an outlet to see the sights, and he had the disposition that I ended up needing. And how are you doing now that you've had a year to analyze what has happened? I honestly don't know that I can say. Shames me to admit it, but I don't know that I've done very much processing. I follow the same habits, I do the same routines, and I try not to think about the absence. Perhaps that is the main issue. You still have some of the divine gifts that were given to you, correct? Yes, um, I must say they're nowhere near as easy to tap into or control as they were when Antara was at my side, but I'm not sure that I could actually be separated from my powers. They're so a part of me. In that way, I suppose I'm lucky. I have known many paladins that have lost their powers, many clerics I have as well. Those that still have them, many have even weakened. They used to be able to enact greater feats than they currently can. It used to be that I could reach in and use what I needed to and perform feats, and all of it is still there. It burns me to reach too deep now, and I don't know what that means. It is a struggle, I suppose. You've avoided trying to think too deeply on what has occurred. Perhaps you should change that. I mean, you are asking a paladin of knowledge whether or not you should try and contemplate and know more about... <laughs> What happened? I suppose I should have had an idea where this conversation would go, speaking to a follower of Radar. I know for my own order, we have the position of cantor. It's akin to a priest, it means speaker. And we go and we spread the word and we do service. For a servant of Adar, what does it mean to be a paladin? Essentially, as a servant of Adar, I need to be aware, need to be knowledgeable, and prepared for dangers in this world, prepared to help people in tasks that are difficult. Adara himself is a neutral deity, but he wants his followers to be good. And the main reason for that is because it makes most sense to be good, to do good, because by doing good, by helping others, and by building up this world, you are helping yourself. So knowing how to build up this world, knowing how to build up others, and knowing how to protect when things need protecting are the tenets of my belief. My own goddess is, well, her circumstances don't allow her to be as good as she might want to be. Eshenai, from my understanding, there is not much written on Eshenai, but she is quite ruthless when she needs to be. Yes. At the end of the day, she is rather aligned with her father, Karis. She wants good and light and protection. She simply doesn't have the uh, affordance to uh, remain above it all. But I do understand having a god that isn't necessarily themselves strictly good and yet still being good. As far as Zadar goes, knowledge in and of itself is neither good nor evil. However, it can be both beneficial and dangerous which is why he tends to task those that believe in him, that follow him, to protect knowledge that is dangerous, and use knowledge that is beneficial. I am sure Eshenai has granted powers to her followers in a similar fashion, given powers when they need it, when it is beneficial, in order to slay demons particularly, but protect others who are suffering. There hasn't historically been a vast need of 
people going around and smiting fiends, we've lived relatively peaceful times. Most of the cantors, those with power and those without, seek to aid others in not necessarily relieving their struggles, but helping them get through them, to grow from them, and yes, that's generally what I've tried to do myself. I, if possible, work with people to solve their issues as opposed to solving them for them. You are very pensive. Few of the people I've spoken to recently have the level of knowledge and faith and dedication that you have, and it seems disingenuous to be anything less than what I am right now in front of you. I don't know where I'm at. I probably should have, sometime in the previous decades, actually found a purpose, but going around and helping people seemed to be enough, and Antara was always there to be a guide, if necessary, and without her, I'm adrift. This is a time of peace, as you've said overall. Clearly, though, something is amiss. Rumors of prophecy and of darkness and followers of Tenebris are apparently moving about the material plane. You are facing the struggle right now that faces most people who decide to follow a deity with intensity, and that is no direct conversation. You have been fortunate as an ASMR to have, uh, you said, Intara in your life for so many years, and now you have, for the past year, come to the crossroads that, well, a crisis of faith. <laughs> it's a bit strange to think of it that way, but I suppose you're right. I've never had to have faith in my beliefs before. I've never really had to take anything on faith. I could always reach out and know, and I'm now finding out how much I depended on that. Intara is most likely not gone forever. Whatever is happening that is causing the block of the deities or their lack of communication is drawing her attention away as well. You can have that connection again, I am sure. It's simply a matter of trying to find out what Eshenai is asking of you. A new concept, it seems, for you, Valen. Many would consider me a man of faith, and it's only now that I'm actually personally coming to that. I don't think that I have been very true to my beliefs this last year. Ashenai teaches that struggle is a gift, and that it's through the fires of tribulation that we grow. And I have been running. Akiva, I think in his own way, has been trying to tell me this, and if you think that's what I need is to become more, maybe structured in my belief, more traditional, reach out in such ways, then I'll certainly have to give it thought. You said it yourself, Eshenai believes that the struggle and going through it and coming out of it is a blessing. This is your great struggle to overcome, to not need to know, but believe and learn to believe. It is true that I've rarely actually struggled in this life. Eshenai gave me many gifts upon my birth. I've grown strong, swift, healthy. I lack for very little, and... Maybe this is a chance for me to step off the plateau, as it were. I haven't grown in a decade. I don't learn much anymore. I've gotten complacent. Well, you are all headed to Orenthal. There is the temple to Karis there. I studied there for years. Perhaps it's time for some self-evaluation? Yeah, that might be good. Just step aside from it all and just open myself up to what's left of our connection. Perhaps you find more than you expect. You never know. That's the whole idea of faith. I suppose it is. Thank you, Jack. Valen? On a personal note, I don't know how much of a front you put up for your son, 
but I know he is concerned about you. How are you holding up? I am actually doing fine. Good. You've done well with him. Thank you. By about this point, you know, you start to hear kind of some laughter from outside as the rest of the party is approaching the house as the play is over. It was good talking to you, Valen. I hope you have a pleasant night. It's good talking to you as well. Yes, let's break up the gloomy old man corner. Yes, no sense having this after a what sounds like engaging performance. Right. Thank you again. And you, Valen. And he will go to his room to retire. So, as the rest of you return from the play, you all go to your own separate rooms and get some much-needed rest after a very difficult day. However, Akiva, you are resting for the evening, and you slowly drift into your trance. Mm-hmm. As you open your eyes, before you, his dark robes, onyx black hair, pale skin, fine elven features, and bright red eyes you see before you your patron and the entity that you refer to as umbra you asked for me akiva yeah hey umbra i was just curious because it seemed like there was a bit of a an excitement feeling as we were opening the chamber to the eye of uh hadar i care not for the celestial akiva but could you not feel the essence of that place no, I, I couldn't. At least, I was more preoccupied with the events that were unfolding in the chamber at the time. You should be more aware, Akiva. I could feel the moments, the memories of that place. I'm not even sure what happened, but that place is important. That place had weight. So this brings me to a question I've had for a while. Do you see what I see? Kind of hear what I hear? What you know, Akiva, I can learn. Okay. I am with you. I was just curious as to how this worked. This is new to me, as, as you know, but so far it's been okay. I like you, so far. <laughs> I know eventually you'll call on me to do something, so keeping an ear open, but... Did you recognize any of that scenery in the mural? It kind of screamed to me as before the age of people sort of thing. No, not before people, but after my time. After your time? How old are you? I never actually asked any personal questions about you, mostly because I figured you wouldn't answer them. I will not answer all of your questions, Akiva. That is accurate. Figured. I can't give you a number. I don't remember. It was a very, very long time ago. That place. Are there more like it in this plane? I would not rule out the possibility. It definitely seems to be connected to other pieces of artifacts that we found. So I would imagine we can't rule out the possibility that there are more of these places. Yes, I would like to go see them. To feel the weight of those memories. Okay. A little sightseeing tour. That could be fun. Nezalem cares for memories. Does he not, Akiva? Yes, he does. The memories that people's souls have within them. Particularly the memories of their end. Yes, that particularly as well. I choose to view it as Nezalem also, from time to time, enjoys the entirety of the journey. Yes, the journey. I think I know why I felt the weight 
of the memories there, Akiva. Something that Tiefling said. Something about the Whispered Ones, or...? No. She mocked Nezalem, correct? That's correct. Memories are a very important thing, Akiva. It helps to define who we are. Would you not agree? Yeah, I would say so. The memories of that place, those are memories Nezalem has not claimed. So you think something happened there that would possibly have resulted in not just deaths, but some giant event? Something happened there, Akiva. Would you be interested in figuring out what exactly happens in places such as these? Or are you more interested in experiencing the feeling of the aftermath? It was different to feel the weight of that moment, whatever that moment was. It changed the place. There is a difference there. I am curious to see other places that might have a similar difference. A place where memories have not been claimed by Nezalem. The Eye of Adar mentioned that they couldn't remember exactly what happened. Could you feel any sort of as if this event could have affected them as to why they can't remember it? Why do you care if the Eye of Adar was affected by that event? Because from my sort of limited knowledge of Celestials, what I can gather from the reactions of everybody around me, it seems they're very important and powerful creatures. So if something could affect an entity such as that in such a way, I would like to know about it, just in case. Celestials are minor things, Akiva. You do not need to concern yourselves with them. So minor comparative to, say, yourself, Umbra. We need to keep our eyes on larger goals, Akiva. You said you like me. I do. You've helped me, and I am thankful for that. You are thankful I got you power, yet in the process of that, you had to know you would be exiled. In the moment, I was only concerned with defeating the Darakul and saving anybody I could which I know goes against most of the teachings of my people, but I believe in the preservation of both life and death. So I knew it was going to cost a lot, but in the moment I didn't care, and I still stand by what I did. And furthermore, the power you've given me has helped me save other people. You have saved others before they could reach your god. Everybody comes to Neslam in their own time. When it happens, it does happen but I don't feel people should go willy-nilly straight into death. When death comes, meet it with open arms, but don't seek out things that will lead to your death. And yet, to go and save people, you do just that. You rush towards death. But in my own way, I feel it's a way to serve my deity, even though I'm not as close with him as some of my other people. I was never assigned to come witness a death and collect a memory. Your deity cast you out. His people cast you out. I choose to see it as my people not being able to see a bigger picture. I don't see it as my deity casting me out. Yet they have a closer connection than you to Nezlem. How is that them not seeing the larger picture if Nezlem speaks to them? I guess it's just a purely a matter of 
what I choose to see, I don't see it as Neslam having cast me out. I don't see any ill intent from the Elder or my parents. I just see it as something that happened. And you believe your viewpoint is more important than the viewpoints of those who he directly speaks to? I wouldn't say that. Everybody has their own perspective, and that's fine. Mine is different from my people, and that's, that's not bad. I'm not better or worse than them. They choose to believe in one facet of our god. I choose to see that there could be other sides. Many gods have many different domains, and they, they're not flawed, but they... There's ah, but that, I believe, Akiva, is where you and I differ in opinion. You believe that gods are flawed? They are not perfect. If they were, and you were to believe your viewpoint, then by very definition, what you did was bad. I do not wish to antagonize you, Akiva. I wish to make sure I understand your mind, so that I know and have a grasp of your memories and your thoughts. There is one last question I will ask for now, so you have a better understanding of your position. What happens to a Shadar Kai when they die? We believe that Nezalem brings their soul back and reincarnates them. As another Shadar Kai? Yes. What will happen to your soul, Akiva? I'm not sure. I choose to believe I haven't fallen from Neslam's grace, but if that is the case, I guess I would fade away. No, Akiva, you would not. You and I are linked now, Akiva. Your soul will not leave my grasp. It cannot at this time. Neslam cannot collect you if you were to fall. So I'd become a deathlock. I did not say I would give that punishment to you. A deathlock is punishment for failure. I am simply making sure you understand the full consequences of your actions for accepting the power I gave you. At the time you were rushed, you made an emotional decision. Not common for your people, but by accepting the power, it helped you not just exiled from the Shadowfell, but your soul can't return there as it stands. Nezalem won't accept you because of your bond to me. That makes sense. Now, Akiva, I want you to focus on this discussion. I have given you power, and you are helping me strengthen myself. This so far has been mutually beneficial. There will come a time when I require more. In the past, you have been rather flippant. I can definitely say you caught me off guard the first couple times, but I think I'm starting to get used to interacting with you. Traveling from the Shadowfell to the Material Plane was different. It took time for me to understand. There are many lives here, many memories. I look forward to continuing this mutually beneficial arrangement, Akiva, and understand one small thing if you do decide to cross me for any reason. With a snap of the fingers, you open your eyes, and you're not in the White Cliff household, and all you hear in the back of your mind is, 
memory, Akiva. So we're going to jump over to everyone else really quickly. As the rest of you wake up the next morning, Scriv, you no longer have exhaustion. Oh, I forgot about that. He didn't. Nope. And that small crystal, you had spent some time together as many pieces as you could find. Please tell me it is one solid crystal when I wake up in the morning. It's not. Darn it. It is still It's very broken. Basically, there's like half of what's seemingly the whole crystal, and there's lots of tiny pieces, but you're pretty confident all of it wasn't there, or some of it is so small you can't actually like find it to pick it up when you were collecting it. Okay. The crystal's pretty small, too, and now that you are not exhausted, the shape seems familiar. Take out the amulet. Does it only fill, like, maybe half of the amulet socket? Yep. So, in the morning... You notice there's already food waiting for you guys when you wake up and coffee and tea as Archivist Whitecliffe is just going about her day. Like she's bright eyed and just moving around and ready to go. Is she bustling, Tony? Yes. She's bustling around. Bustling. She's probably juggling like research notes from the dig in the middle of making breakfast. All right. Let's just put Valen in the category of impressed. One hand is definitely like reading notes as she's like finishing up some food with the other hand. Is there anything I could be helping with? Please sit, sweetheart. I'm just, I have it almost all set for you. It'll be all fine. Just enjoy, wake up, relax for a bit. I know you all have been very, very busy. So please, please, please. I'm going to read the research notes. Okay. So you take some time. As you guys are kind of sitting and, and getting ready, Akiva has not come down. Morning, everyone. Morning. Morning. Where's Akiva? I imagine still sleeping. Okay. Zolus is down there with you as well, by the way. Morning, Zolus. Morning. I'm going to go check on Akiva. You head to the room that he was staying in, and he is not there. At the table, just as she leaves, she's got a point. He never sleeps past food. I mean, yesterday was kind of rough on everyone. I will come back down. Jane, have you seen our friend Akiva this morning? Did he happen to pass by as you were preparing breakfast? Yeah, actually, I saw him walking by. I called to him, and he just said he'd be out for a moment. Oh, okay. Is that not normal for him? I mean, I don't know much about him or much about his people, but I never had to deal with Shadardakai before, so. Yeah, no, the, I, he is an odd type. Not entirely certain you still have. He's an odd duck. Yeah, Vela, does he normally wander off on his own like this? Not in my experience, no. How about this? I'll go see if I can find him. Maybe he went to go visit those stalls we were telling him about. I know he was excited about those. All right, you know the lay of the land better. Yeah, I'm pretty familiar with the streets, so I will catch up with you guys later, and I'll grab some toast to go. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you, Jane. Oh, of course, Belinda. Here, um, would you like uh, coffee, tea, something? I know I'm good. I'll, I'll be back. Thank you. If you could leave some for Akiva, I'm sure he'll be hungry when he gets back. I made plenty for all of you. Don't worry. There should be someone at the edge of town that sells Neslin figurines. Maybe you should check with him. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I know Akiva was having a bit of a reaction to that whole concept, so it can't hurt to check. I'm sure he's just wandering around looking at things. I'll be back. Okay. You are heading off to uh, the entrance to town. What are the rest of you guys doing? I want to go spar. Okay. So you guys head up to the roof and do your normal sparring practice, your normal workouts in the morning. Zolus tagging along? Zolus is watching. He's not joining this time. Yeah, perfect. Scriv, your side doesn't hurt. All the injury from before is gone. The eye seems to have cured the wound. And as you are practicing a couple of times, you find an opening that Valen gives you and quickly knock him to the ground. Today, you are in the moment. You feel better than you've ever felt in quite some time. But at the same time, how's Valen looking? Valen does not look like he slept very well at all. Are you doing okay? I mean, 
this is going great, and I appreciate the morale boost, but... Yeah, no, you are definitely a lot more spry than you were yesterday. Exhaustion aside, having your wound healed is doing you a world of good. I'm not at my best today. I apologize. Yesterday just did not work well for me. I don't think I've fully come to grips with where I'm at emotionally the last year. So you've just been suppressing your emotions rather than dealing with them. And from what you said before about losing your friend, then I guess you've just not had time to process it? Yes, Intaro was with me. I mean, she was a part of me, or I was a part of her. There is a part of me that is gone. The injury was bad, but I've never had to deal with something like that, losing power. I look over to Zotos. How did you deal with it? He reaches in and pulls out his flasks. Still dealing with? We've talked enough about emotions. Yeah. And your side is good now. Let's get you back in fighting shape. It's been a bit. It's going to take me some time to get used to fighting with a shield. Good, because my ribs are rather bruised. Okay. All right. So, Belinda, you are heading towards the entranceway to town, which is also near the entrance where most people go to enter into the touristy ruins. Gotcha. The dig for a day. Yes. Mm -hmm. As you are walking by, you notice standing perfectly still Akiva. Right by the entrance. Is he just like surrounded by like throngs of people moving through the streets? How, how busy is it? There's a bunch of different people moving about and he's just kind of just staring ahead and then kind of blinks and looks around. I will walk up to him. Akiva? Hi. Are you okay? Yeah, I guess so. Just had a super fun talk with uh, Umbra. So you're not shopping? No. So wait, he just spoke to you just now? Well, we, we had kind of an extended conversation this time instead of just the little snippets we've been having before. I have a suggestion. How about we walk and talk and I'll do talk telepathically. Okay. So for here on out, we'll, we'll go telepathic, Tony. Okay. Okay. So you guys are walking back to the house, I assume? Yeah. So what happened? We kind of just discussed because I, I told you how I sensed there was a little bit of a excitement coming from him when we were down in that, that room. Yeah. That was concerning. Yeah. I kind of talked to him a little bit about what was going on with that. He seems to think some event happened in the past, something that seems pretty significant, and he could sense almost the aftermath of it. I don't know what it was, and he doesn't either. Like it left some sort of impression? Almost, yeah. Okay. I asked if it had to do anything with Celestial, he wasn't sure, but I, and then, which we should probably bring up with both of Scrib's parents. I asked him about that mural that was on the wall. He says he doesn't recognize it, but that it took place after he existed. He's saying he's more ancient than the ancient mural. Yes, which already looked like it was before the time of gods. I don't really know how to say that could be good news in any way. Yeah. So I'm just going to say that is information that is useful. As I said, it was a long conversation full of sighs and woes. Did he say what he wants from you? Just to keep our relationship mutually beneficial. I expressed I, in my current state, I still don't know if I can fully trust him, but I am growing to like him. So I don't think you should trust him. That doesn't mean you should use him. I'm still wary of him 100%. I just, I'm interested to see what he wants. It doesn't seem sinister yet, but I am definitely on the lookout. It seems 100% sinister, it just doesn't seem evil yet, but I think there's value in keeping the conversation open with him and finding out more, because obviously he has connections to things that we don't understand. Yeah, it does seem, from what I can tell, 
that he's starting to grow stronger. I haven't ever had a long conversation like this before. I even mentioned it, that he could feel the power in that, that room. Did he draw from it in some way? It seems that's possible. Do you feel any different? Do I feel any different? I ever asked this, Tony. Go ahead and roll a wisdom check. Oh, no. That's going to be a grand total of four. You don't feel any different. And then I have one other thing. How exactly does your memory looking work? Do I have to actively share a memory with you or can you go searching? Are you missing a memory? Yes. I don't remember getting up and walking to the ruins where I just was. And Umbra implied he can control memories, at least mine. So you think he encouraged or coerced you to walk to the center of town and then he wiped your memory of getting there? Mm -hmm. Just as a warning in case I ever cross him. You know, you did say he didn't seem sinister. Yeah, I know. I'm starting to second guess that. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. I guess I can try. I've never tried to look for a memory that's missing before. I'll see if I can't conjure up the memory. So Akiva, you are trying to focus on a spot in your mind that you do not remember. What's the last thing you do remember up until I walked up to you? I was still talking with Umbra up in the, the room I was staying at, at the Whitecliffs house. Is there any chance something else happened besides you just walking here? It doesn't seem like that much time has passed. Question the DM, how long did it take me to walk here? About 10 minutes. Shoot, a lot gonna happen in 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. Alright, so you focus on the last thing that Akiva does remember before seeing you, and you see before you Umbra, his dark form just seeming to fade into nothingness as he says, and just one more thing, Akiva, I want you to just take a walk to the entrance of town with me, just for now. I want to show you something. You watch as Akiva gets up and walks out of the house, briefly passing by Jane, who calls to him, and he responds that he'll be back in just a minute. Exits the house, heads over to the entrance of town where some of the stalls are opening up for the day, walks up to one of them, spends a few copper to buy a small symbol of Neslam, in which he then walks towards where the touristy destination is and just pockets it. And you hear in Akiva's voice, Linda, you should show him this when you come looking. And after a few moments, eventually, Akiva seems to snap out of it. And you hear kind of right by your ear almost, memory, Akiva. And a moment later, you arrive. Okay, so Akiva, I was able to see your memory. Okay, so I still have it. Do you have something in your pocket? I'll check my pocket. There is a small pendant with a symbol of Neslam on it, the uh, skeletal hand and scales. Huh, this isn't mine. From what I saw of your memory, you purchased this at Umbra's direction. It seems like a taunt. It did seem he wasn't the biggest fan of the gods. He views them as flawed individuals. Yes, it seems like he was using this as a chance not only to taunt you, but he left that memory as a message to me. Oh boy. I will say I'm 100% comfortable with that. It is unsettling. A bit. I will say, Umbra does seem to have a flair for the dramatic. Yes, but it also means either he has some insight into what I am or what I can do, or he has a full connection to you and what you are doing. So I think his knowledge of my abilities comes strictly from your mind. We did talk about how whatever I know, he knows, and that's how he sees everything. So you're 100% compromised, is what I'm hearing. I'm sorry. So Akiva, don't tell the White Cliffs. Okay. Don't tell any of the White Cliffs. <laughs> Not even Scruff? 
Not yet. Okay. I don't know why, but I will trust you. And I will say I'll try my best, but you know I'm terrible at lying. You can share some of this. Don't share that everything you say and do is being shared with some sort of otherworldly patron whose motives can only be seen as sinister, if not outright evil, because Jack will have no choice. Would he kill me? He would solve the problem. One more thing. Yes. Umbra did say that normally my people do believe that when we die, Nezlum takes our soul and reincarnates us as another Shadarkai. He said that probably wouldn't be the case for me. Not that I would turn into a Deathlock or anything, because that's a punishment, but that currently my soul is bound to Umbra. Okay, it just gets better. Yeah, I think that's everything we talked about. It was a long conversation. I'm really sorry. I'm definitely concerned about the length of the conversation. That's really the, the stumbling block here, not the content of the conversation. Thank you for telling me. I know I've been hard on you. I know you're you're trying to do your best in what is, let's be honest, a horrific situation from which you cannot escape. Despite what I know that you are constantly warning me of, I do, and what you may think of me, I personally consider you a close friend, so. I appreciate that. I don't generally tend to try to keep secrets from my friends. I don't generally tend to have friends, so I appreciate your trust. And I will do my best to help you, but I don't know what the next step is what we're dealing with, but right now, just don't tell the White Cliffs. That sounds like a good idea. Are we back, Tony? Since you were walking slowly is the only reason you didn't arrive back earlier, but yes, you have arrived back by the end of the conversation. So, you good? Yeah. When in doubt, just don't say anything. I gotcha. All right, you good? We'll talk about the play. By the way, that guy was so bad. I know. I'm really glad you've learned how to do this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we are entering uh, talking about the play. (laughs) Yep. You have arrived in the house talking about the play. Scriv, Valen, take a few minutes before they come down to anything you guys would want to do in the meantime while they're finishing that up, or? Well, who's downstairs? It's just... I think it's just Scriv's mom, right? Yeah. Jack's elsewhere? Yes. Okay. Hi, Jane. Found Akiva. He was doing some early morning shopping. Yeah, I got this. And I'll pull out the uh, charm of Neslam. That looks lovely, dear. Did you buy it from one of the stalls at the entrance? Yeah. Yes, I assume you did. You could tell because it's so authentic. Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is this not actually authentic? I'm not in the slightest. <laughs> okay, because of our lessons last night, I could pick up on the snark. <laughs> <laughs> well, please, you didn't get a chance to eat before you went out. No, please, I'm please, sorry please. about that. Is there anything I can help you with? Cooking? No, no. Cleaning? Please. Anything? No. Any friends of Shannon can stay. Please, please enjoy. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're very kind, Jane. And as always, you have a lovely spread of food. Thank you, Belinda. Speaking of which, and then I start digging into the food. Is Jane sort of working on some things, I assume? Yeah, it seems like she's going over some papers as she's kind of eating at the same time. But she looks kind of to the both of you more like if you want to talk, she's more than happy to talk. But she's also studying if you want to kind of keep to yourself because she does know you, Belinda. So... We can summarize, but I would sort of want to like just sort of talk through what we found yesterday and what her plans would be for evaluating. Her papers are put down and she immediately will focus on whatever you're saying. Just sort of like what her assessment is of like what would be the next steps, what she wants to do, what sort of information. What's the process as of, you know, as a professional? Her assumption is based off of that room and everything within it. Clearly, it's not during the time of peace that ended several hundred years ago. More likely, it is during some time about the Age of Barbarians, which is the time period of several thousand years. For the proof, they'll have to do some studies, try and get the best idea that they can, maybe send some notes out to other universities, see if they have anything of similar design in order to try and ascertain the time period that this room, this entire bottom level, seems to have taken place in. 
I will ask her if before we leave Verapol, if she can kind of put together like a report or something that she would want delivered to Orenthal since I can deliver it by hand. Absolutely. And she kind of like grabs some loose notes that she has over on the side and just starts to write. So, yeah, um, that would be amazing if you can get this to... So Xiara usually has several researchers on this type of thing. That would probably be the best bet. You Also, if you can get this to the Temple of Adar, they might have some information there. And she's just writing and writing and writing. Okay. Yeah, I'm happy to, to deliver whatever you have. And I'm sure it will be incredibly useful to them. And, and they can send back any insights. So thank you for jumping on this. Some academics take longer to process things. I mean, if you don't go out and actually do something about it, it will just take forever to get done. You, I mean, I, how can you not want to know about this culture and this civilization and what this was like, that this entire dwarven city was atop this elvish dwarvish joint venture? And what happened there? Why is it half destroyed? I, it's utterly fascinating, and I, I want to know whatever I can learn about this. Can I just say, I barely know you, but I love you. Oh, you're so sweet, Akiva. He generally is. Very different from what I've heard of um, Shadarkai overall from Jack, but... Yeah, my people are weird. Actually, technically, I'm the weird one. Oh, please, Akiva, you're not weird in the slightest. You're a delight to have around. Thank you. Yeah, I, I do wish we could stay longer, but I think we'll be heading out to Orenthal soon. Oh, I suppose that's true. You still are looking into that amulet that we found below, correct? Yeah, we didn't get all the answers we were looking for in Amaran. We just got more questions. So Orenthal seems like the next logical stop. And you know, you know, I know people there. Maybe you can find out more from, from Zoxiara's there, or Temple of Adar. Hopefully you won't have to travel all the way to Solana if that was your intention since it had something to do with the elves. But they usually have a lot of resources there to help get things along. And they're much older institutions than Amaran. Yeah. I was just hopeful that Amaran would be able to have something as they tend to be much more go-getters than a lot of the people at Soxiara's. Yeah, they are rather a, a stuffy, pretentious institution. That's very kind of you to say about them. I mean, it's in my hometown. I don't want to be too mean. Yes, yes, they are. So she's just writing. You see, she kind of seems to be not writing just all the information on one, but on a couple. So you have a couple different and copies your book of it. it. <laughs> Good paperwork. <laughs> I appreciate yep. that. Eventually, Scriv, Valen, and Zolus finish their sparring and come back down. I would actually like to stop by my room and grab a piece of the shattered crystal. Okay. And I pocket that as I go. All right. So you have a piece of the crystal and are rejoined the rest of your party. Where's the Eye of Adar? With Jack. Jack took him with him to go speak with that faithfulness. Ah. The mean lady. Yeah. Darn. I was hoping I could ask about this, and I pull out the crystal shard. So that's what you recovered from the room, Shannon? Mm -hmm. There were a number of shards, and if my suspicions are correct, it fits with the amulet. Was there any sort of reaction? Did you try to combine it in any way? No. The crystal, there wasn't enough to piece together. Oh. I only got about maybe half of the crystal. I could try, but I don't know much about magic. I think that might be more risk than it's worth. Yeah, and most likely if the crystal's broken, it probably doesn't have any of the magic that it once did. So I was going to ask the Eye of Adar, since it was in the same room, if maybe it knows what it was, where we could get another one? Yeah, that's an excellent idea. They went over to the jail as holding faithfulness at this time. Okay, we can cover that later, probably. I guess what a better question is, is when do we want to make our way over to Orenthal? I appreciate that we made a pit stop to see my family, and it was good in a number of ways, especially for my side, but... I found Akiva. Hey guys, look what I found. I'll hold up the little charm I bought. Oh. You actually went to get one of those? See, I told you. There was nothing to worry about. I thought it looked cute. 
Did you only get one for Nezalem? Yes. Shoot, I should have got you guys one. I'll be right back. No, 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 they're good. We don't, we don't no, need no, any. No, no, it's fine. It, I'll just pick one up for Vumera and for Adar and, well, a couple of other gods along the way. Okay, guys, I'm sorry. I don't think we need more keys. Do you not want to support the local economy? Veripol is just a small town trying to make its way. I don't think they need my money. Besides, we went to the theater last night. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't. We did. We went. <laughs> it was lovely. Aldrich took us. <laughs> you saw Bistan's performance? Why did you go see Bistan's per- I wanted to leave a good first impression. Well, I think it was great. I mean, Akiva, did it not change you? Are you not a different person from having gone to see Bistan's masterpiece? I will say it was not the best performance, but it was the theater. No, I think it was a good experience. Akiva has now really grown to appreciate- How would you put it, Zolas? <laughs> He's learned to appreciate what is good entertainment and what is that. Yes, it was that for sure. It was that and then some. Oh, thank goodness. I was worried that he'd get a pit and then we wouldn't hear the end of it at the office. Well, Scriv, he stopped everything about halfway through because they weren't performing the way that he clearly envisioned. Wait, he didn't jump on stage and take the lead. Yeah, he did. He turned it into a one-man show. (sighs) Truly one of the most horrific things I have ever seen in my life. It was something to behold. You really missed out because I don't think civilization could ever recreate such a perfect microcosm of that. It was beautiful. I think I prefer to keep my faith in civilization. I don't think you'd have a, a lot left after watching the giddy jogger troll. Although I will say, I now know what not to do in my magic performances. This is true. It was educational in addition to its entertainment value. As long as you had fun, I guess, then it was worth it. Oh yeah, and we didn't pay for it. Well, that's good too. Bistan's gonna have to figure out how to pay the actors. That can be his problem. Pretty much as soon as he saw Aldrich and Belinda here, he waved them right in for some reason, and he just gives you a little bit of a look, Belinda. I raise one eyebrow at him. So I guess we're gonna make our way over to the jail? Yeah. Are you guys okay? I'm good. Yeah. I'm ready to face her now. Okay. Well, thank you, Jane. I guess I'll be back and, and collect those papers for you. Yes, absolutely. Please. And feel free to, to leave your stuff here before you go. Oh, yeah. We'll be back. You're very kind. Of course, Belinda. Valen, Kiva, Shannon. And she kind of seems to be waiting for you to go hug her. Yeah, I, I was waiting for them to leave before I went to hug my mom. Aww. I will go hug his mother. I, I, yeah. Oh, she would absolutely hug you. Yes. She hugs Valen, Akiva, and of course, Shannon. Mm-hmm. I give her a nod. She doesn't indicate that she will go to hug you either. So She's a kind woman. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules is Written, or check out our website, dndraw.com, and feel free to email any questions to our dungeon master at dm at dndraw.com. Please subscribe and consider leaving us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And last but not least, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. We'll see you next episode. Thank you.